Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country. Odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Let's talk a little NFL now with Jason Logan, who we welcome back to Bet MGM Tonight. He's with Covers. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? We are really good because football is back uh, tonight. It's like culture shock when we're just – I love I love baseball, don't get me wrong, man, but I just felt week one was tremendous. I mean, the kickoff last Thursday night was a better game, I feel like, a lot of pe- than a lot of people expected. Uh, I was on mm-hmm. the Cowboys, so we had a good result. I mean, Kansas City-Cleveland was great. I'm a Packers fan, so unfortunately Sunday ended uh, with a sour taste in my mouth because they did not look good. That was probably the worst game Rodgers has ever played. What was your biggest overreaction, would you say, from week one? The biggest overreaction for me right now, and I, I actually I waited this one out, is uh, what the Eagles did and then what also happened to the Niners. And we saw that with the, the San Francisco-Philadelphia total here. It opened up 47.5 in week two, and then it instantly started ticking up, and it's up now I think as high as 50.5. I write an a, a article every Sunday night called Bet Now, Bet Later, and I kind of – project line movement and say, hey, depending on which side you're betting, this is the best spread in total to go after now. Bet this early, and this is the best one to wait on later for the line move. My later total was that Philly-San Francisco total, waiting for it to run up, and I got up to 50.5. So later later is now, and uh, and so I bet it now under 50.5. I just I think it's just a complete overaction of what we saw from the Eagles against a, what is a terrible Falcons team that absolutely quit. Uh, and then you got to think San Francisco is kind of kicking itself. That film session is going to be a tough sit through for that defense after giving up 33 to Detroit of all teams and nearly collapsing and and uh, and, and killing it for for some betters out there. So I, I like the under in that game uh, based on just a knee jerk reaction to those week one results. I was we were talking to I want to say Nick and me and Ryan are both. Very anti-Jacksonville Jaguars. They seem like that they're a mess. They're a mess on both sides of the ball. It looks like there's new reports that says Urban Meyer's heart just isn't in it after one week and that his assistants don't like him. Line is only six. That feels like crazy town to me. Tell me why I shouldn't just hammer that now. Yeah, well, this is an absolute deadly situational spot for Denver. Not only is this their second straight road game to start the season, but it's a 1 p.m. start, which is a little early for mountain time. And then also, too, they got to go play in that North Florida September sunshine state soup. And being a Packers fan, uh, you know, you know what what that happened to that team playing in those conditions. Uh, You know, temperatures are supposed to be in the 90, and when you mix in, you know, humidity that's in, you know, 60% or higher, you're looking at, at, at temperatures flirting. The feels like temperatures flirting with 100 degrees, Ooh. and that can just sap a team, especially where you know you're playing kind of out of your time zone early on, and it's a second second straight road game. So, uh, for me, I, I'm taking a hard look at Jacksonville there. I don't want to write them off after one bad loss to Houston, which is a bad loss. And but you know, rookie head coach, rookie QB on the road in a divisional game. Those are those are still tough spots, no matter how bad or good the competition is. So I'm kind of waiting for that same public opinion that you just said, why shouldn't I be hammering Jacksonville? I want to see if it's going to take this one up to a touchdown before I'm comfy coming back on the Jags. And Jason, this is what I like is I like the overreaction to the market because a couple weeks back when I was looking at this Arizona game, they're at home taking on Minnesota. It was pretty much a pick And now mm-hmm. Minnesota loses um, bad loss for them on the road 
to the Bengals, and Arizona beats up on Tennessee. And I was talking with uh, Nick about this earlier, and I said, you know, I'm pretty – I don't really buy into Tennessee this year just because defensively they didn't do a whole lot in the offseason. But I look at this, and I feel like I have to take Minnesota plus four and a (laughs) half now on the road, even though they lost to the Bengals in overtime. Your thoughts on that matchup in Arizona coming up on Sunday? Yeah, that, that Vikings Bengals game, that was sports betting purgatory. Not only did I not only did I have Minnesota as my survivor pick right out of week oh, one. Oh man. Across, oh yeah, I instantly just died on that one. But I jumped on when they, when they were down twenty seven uh sorry, twenty one to seven. Uh came back in the live money line, I think was plus three eighty. So I doubled down on myself. Um, you know, wild ride in that second half. They battled back, they forced overtime on I think which was like a fifty five yarder. Um, and then it was just back and forth, basically team shooting themselves in the foot there in the overtime period. Um, but I'm not mad at Minnesota, and I am looking at them here. This was one of my bet later spreads, knowing that everyone would be hot and heavy on the Cardinals after what they did to Tennessee. And I knew going into that, that Tennessee game, and I was on Arizona plus three in that game, that if the Cardinals could come out and set the pace and score quick, then Tennessee was going to have to abandon the run game. And that was their best defense, actually, against uh, Kyler Murray in that offense was to give the ball to Derrick Henry, let him chew up yards, let him chew up a T.O.P. and keep that offense cold on the sideline. Uh, that obviously didn't pan out. Arizona came out firing and Tennessee had to play catch up the whole game. Um, yeah, I mean, with, with Arizona, they do have that aggressive pass rush and Minnesota does have an offensive line that, that didn't look great against the Bengals. It's a young unit. Um, but I think I think I'm, that's another line that I'm kind of waiting on, and this one's kind of all over the board. I'm seeing like four and a half, three and a half, yeah. fours. Um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of waiting on it and see if we can kind of get it up to five, maybe six. Because I think this Minnesota defense is among the best in the NFL. Well, Kirk Cousins uh, is so of... trash. He's just so bad. <laughs> he's he is, so he's, bad. He's the most two-faced QB, uh, and he you know he lo- he made some great plays in that second half of that team, but. You know, a lot of the plays that he didn't make in the first half were why they were down early and so early. And I'm an LSU fan, so I was very happy uh, to see Burrow out there Absolutely. hitting Chase, and that that brought back some nice memories. But uh, that was that game was they sure just could so use well right through. now. Oh, Jason, I yeah. forgot. Okay, so so I see uh, as your picture pops up because we're live here on Twitch, and everybody out there could check us out there as well as uh, obviously the Odyssey Network stations all across the globe. But you're holding this Saints helmet, so let me ask you this. <laughs> Great victory for you guys. Jameis looked damn good. Was it real? I'm, yeah, I'm not a Saints fan, by the way. That's uh, I do I do oh, weekly okay, spots. Okay. With, I do, I do, do uh, kind of weekly TV spots with WGN New Orleans, and uh, that that was from one game I think in which I was picking the Saints. So not a, not a Saints. <laughs> okay, fan. okay. I was gonna say, do you buy into Jameis? Uh, is, is what we saw real, but also like that game. Carolina three and a half point dog. Sam Darnold looked pretty good, and Christian McCaffrey's healthy. What do you make of that one? That's a real tough one, too. I was, I'm high on Carolina coming into the season. I like the setup that they had. I thought Darnold uh, was an improvement over Teddy Bridgewater, despite Teddy Bridgewater's ATS success. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a sneaky mobile quarterback. Uh, he's got a big arm, and then he definitely has better skill position players around him than he did with the Jets. I think a lot of that pain and woe was because of, of what Adam Gase was doing there in New York or wasn't doing there. Um, and then I was high on this Carolina defense. They were really young last year. But they got coached up, and they seemed to improve week over week. And they were a team that could they, – they didn't get a lot of sacks, but they got a lot of QB pressures, and they only rushed four. And they, had a, they did a lot of things right, but they kind of did it under the radar. And I'm looking at them as one of those under-the-radar defenses, much like the Giants were last year, that can kind of do enough to get the cover, especially when they're getting a lot of points. 
Um, and it's tough. It's a tough situation for New Orleans because technically this is a second straight road game for them, and they've been totally displaced. Uh, again, another game that I'm kind of waiting to see if it moves up any more. I do like that half point hook on the home uh, on the home team. And Carolina, I believe, has played New Orleans pretty strong in recent meetings. If, I, if I'm not uh, not correct. Jason, I am a Cowboys fan, and I am a cynical. Hey, so yeah, am I. really? Okay, so <laughs> yeah. so you're gonna. I'm sorry to both of you. You're gonna understand exactly the pain that that I felt when Terrence Steele at right tackle was announced today. Like I feel mm. that that Bosa is going to try to come after Dak, and he's probably gonna get sacked. It's gonna be like his best Chandler Jones impression, in my opinion. And you now have uh, Zach Martin coming back from COVID. Yeah. And we see that Dallas doesn't have a great secondary. I I feel like three points is not enough, but part of me feels like it's just the Cowboy fan cynic. Can you take your Cowboy fan hat off and help me make sense of this? Because the only play that I see really is the over, which has crept from 51 to 54 and a half now. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I took my Cowboy hat off yesterday when I bet. Uh, Los Angeles minus two and a half got the winner of that one because I just from what Justin Herbert did to that Washington I agree. defense and you look you look at the score in that Washington game and you look at it and you think well maybe the Bolts didn't put up a whole lot of yards he threw for a lot of yards on the second best DVOA pass defense from 2020 he lit them up uh, and, and this Cowboy and secondary I, is and, boo-boo and this Cowboy secondary is nowhere near that Washington football team defense uh, really, really bad. I mean, if you watched the Thursday nighter, and I think everyone did, Brady pretty much moved the ball at will. Um, they were able to get, you know, they, they say, you know, two interceptions. One was on that Hail Mary. The other one was a bobble on a screen pass that was just kind of ended up uh, in the, in the uh, defender's pocket. And then they had a fumble on the goal line. It could have been a lot worse for the Cowboys. And this is a defense that, that if they're going to be good in any which way, they have to be good at kind of causing chaos and forcing turnovers. And that's something that they just really haven't been that good at over the last few years. Mm. Um, you mentioned the total in this one. It was 50 and a half. And it ran uh, really, really quickly on Sunday night when the line hit the board. It went to 52 really quick. Um, and I was saying, you know what? Like, bet, bet over 52. Even though you're not getting the best of the number at this point, bet over 52 because it's going to keep climbing. And it has gone to 55. And you know what? I'm still comfortable playing over Same. 55 for this game. Because what Dallas can do, uh, even with Gallup out, um, you know, Dak can spread the ball around. He was surgical against that Tampa Bay defense, which is a Super Bowl winning defense. He looked fantastic. He looked better than Mahomes against that Kansas, against that Tampa Bay defense than he did in the Super Bowl. So I, I think it's basically coming down to who has the ball last in this game, and that's why why it was imperative for me to get Los Angeles under the key number of a field goal just because it could come down to that two-up field goal or, or a final touchdown on the go there. So, I mean, I think a lot of the two-and-a-halves have dried up. Yeah. But um, you know what? I like, There's no shame in buying a half point off the spread. Like, go do it. You lay a little more extra lumber on the juice. But, like I said, this is one of those games that really feels like it's going to land on that three, and, and yeah, you definitely want to be on the inside of that when that field goes, goes to the upright. So, Jason, what's your favorite bet? For uh, for week two, I know you've given us some. You've given us some good ones. Locks of the day. What's your favorite one? Locks of the day. Well, I, I do. I do. Lo- I do love that under in the 49ers Eagle game. I, I think Perfect. that is a complete overreaction of what rolled out there. Um, you know, and I don't hate the Bears this week. And oh, I thought yuck. they. I thought. I thought they played. And this is another game where I got them uh, with this line ticking down. A lot of people are 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 you know fading Chicago after what we saw on Sunday Night Football. Um, 
they kind of hung in that game for three quarters. Like if, if I had the Rams minus seven and a half in that game, that line, I think beefed up to like minus nine. It did. Yeah. People, people were sweating that game until, until late into the third quarter when LA started to put it on them. Uh, Dalton was not good, but not bad. Um, the running game showed some flashes and, and, and I think the Bengals are really set up for a letdown spot, not only coming off that really, you know, exciting overtime thriller win in Minnesota, but the franchise really breathed a sigh of relief with the way that Burrow played and stayed healthy. Um, but he took five sacks in that game. He took five sacks in that game. And I know Chicago is really looking to find that intensity that they had back in like 2018 under Vic Fangio. So I think they're, I think they're going to bring the house. I think this is the game. If you're going to play fields and you're going to play him enough, this is the game to do it. Cause if you look at Chicago's schedule from here until about week eight uh, or maybe even week 12, it's nothing but QB killers along the whole way. So this is this is the game in which you need to unleash Justin, Justin Field. I think you know this this offense is going to be stuck in limbo until they really do decide that he is the guy. Um, you know Matt Nagy is is sticking to his guns with Andy Dalton, but I think this is the game where we see Field. It's not going to be a pretty game. I think the under forty five is 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 a good play in this one as well too, strictly because you know Dalton. I think he had one pass that went over ten yards in that game. They really relied on the ground game. And I think Cincinnati's also going to have uh, a lot of Joe Mixon going into this one, too. I think he rushed for 127 uh, against a good Minnesota defense. So um, Chicago minus two and a half, which is it's out there. It's ticking down now in the under 45. For Love it. And it's an Andy Dalton revenge game. Jason, thanks so Those much, man. Don't exist. That's not a real thing. again here soon. That is Jason Logan. You can find his work with covers. Thanks, man. We'll have you on again here soon. Thanks, Jason.